Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Court with UC Lee. This is Coach Matt, and I'm here with Coach Stacy. And today we have a special guest, um, Coach Maffa. Yeah, and Coach Maffa is one who has played both for me and Matt on the basketball end and the volleyball end at, at Logan. Mm-hmm. And we're just excited to have her here. You know, some of the accomplishments she's had throughout high school included being MVAL first team all league in two positions. Logan and MVAL, MVP her senior year, all East Bay team, Stockton Classic MVP, and you know her senior year, most outstanding female athlete of the year at Logan. So quite a lot of accomplishments throughout her high school career, and we're just really excited for Mafa to be on the show. So welcome. Hey guys. <laughs> Mafa is also one of our coaches here who has a, a 13s team and a 15s team, and she's really active in our programs as well with Rising Stars and all the clinics that, that we have here at UC Elite. Um, and she's also finishing up her volleyball career at Cal State East Bay and Hayward. This is going to be your last season, right, Martha, Or Yep, I'm going into my fifth year. Awesome. Okay, so um, we'll start off with just having Martha talk to us about how she started in the game, and then um, she'll talk about her overall volleyball history um it's actually kind of funny i didn't even like volleyball starting in middle school that's when i became really active in sports and wanting to become an athlete before volleyball i was actually pretty committed to track and basketball my dad actually forced me to go into volleyball in my eighth grade year because my sister fina she's also a coach here she started off playing volleyball for Cesar Travis Middle School and to make things easier because it was lined up with track my dad wanted me to quit and <laughs> join volleyball instead so it made it easier for travel to go see games and watch us play. I still didn't really like it even when I joined but my parents going into high school seeing an advertisement and flyer to go for um, summer camp at Logan and so because we live so close and pretty convenient for us to go and walk there and see check out the program meet the coaches see how it is and that's when we met coaches like Matt who introduced us to the program at the school from there I started off playing uh, on the JV team which I actually enjoyed I really liked the teammates the environment Um, I liked the program and where it was heading I could feel myself actually progressing and and I I was actually good I came to realize um, so I stuck with it later on during the season. I remember Coach Matt, he invited me to practice with the varsity team. And back then I was a middle. I was really nervous because I knew I lacked in experience. It was only my second year playing. And I was playing with mostly seniors. So it was a lot of pressure on myself. Um, I was nervous, but going through it, the team, and Coach Matt made me feel more comfortable and they saw potential in my own skill, which made me um, more encouraged to continue on with that practice alone and going on with the season. So that was, that was freshman year, right? Yeah. Um, and I think you also, so freshman year, you also played for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you played basketball. Um, I already knew of you because I was coaching at IBC and I just remember thinking like, dang, this girl can, she's like super athletic, you yeah, know, and 
I, I, I was just really excited. And that year, her freshman year, Max Twazan, she also played. And they were like BFFs from the start. <laughs> and it was funny because, you know, they came from volleyball season and basketball season. And I remember Harper, he was actually telling me like, you know, Moffat's not going to start right away, but eventually she's going to become one of the starters for basketball. And then I was like, I, I believed it right away. I don't know if you did. I, I, fe- I feel like you didn't really care so much for, for basketball at that time, too. Um, I also think it was just a thing where I was just doing something I knew I was good at. I didn't really think I had a future in playing sports past just high school or as more of a recreational mm-hmm. um, activity. Because y- you didn't even play, like, club yet or no, AU. I didn't even right? know of AAU. Mm-hmm. So why don't you, how did that come about in your transition throughout freshman year? In high school, I was introduced to a lot of programs outside of just high school and uh, school season that I didn't really know of. And part of that goes out to, for example, in basketball, Maxine, her and her parents and, and just her family introduced me to the Asian League. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I started yeah. off That's playing basketball mm-hmm. in the Asian League. I enjoyed it. It was it was definitely something new. And again, I didn't really expect much from it. I didn't expect to grow as much as I did as a basketball player. Um, so after just experiencing that season and going back into basketball, I felt a little more confident in my play and and a little more drive and passion for the sport. So really, like, being introduced to it was, was through Maxine. Because mm-hmm. I, again, had no knowledge. And being the first child, we didn't have any experience with any of the my other siblings going into clubs or cousins, for example. Really, like, us being athletic was really new for our family mm-hmm. because we weren't so committed to clubs or anything past that. Yeah. We were all just thinking, oh, recreational just stay in it for school like have something busy for you yeah and I think it's really cool that you had friends that eventually like turned like family that introduced you to these things and it opened up I think opportunities for Mm -hmm. you and that exposure and I guess like you know um, not a lot of people have that so it's kind of nice to know like it's impacted you as an athlete and just moving along and I think even sophomore year uh, you you made the varsity team at Logan uh, for basketball and volleyball, and it was volleyball season first. Uh, why don't you talk about your first year on varsity or even leading up to that point? Leading up to that point, Matt actually talked to me about club for volleyball, and again, I had no knowledge. Max being my best friend, like I, she also didn't have any knowledge on volleyball or club either. So we were both kind of just clueless going along, going through the motion of, of just playing volleyball instead of thinking of having a future in it. So we really weren't thinking of a season other than high school. But Matt actually talked to me after my first year and talked about, hey, you should join club. Like I run UC Elite, you should come check it out. I think you could progress off season. So that way, when you get into varsity, you still have three years ahead of you. Like, you could get better. Like, I see potential, and that's something that I really did not, like, tap into or believe in myself. Um, so just going into my sophomore season, I kind of kept that in my head because it was a point where, hey, someone else is recognizing my talent. Like, he's telling me I have potential. I want to believe what he's seeing, so I'm going to 
go ahead and try it and tell my parents like I know this is something new but I want to try it because someone else sees that I could be better than what I am now and sees a future in it yeah you, <clears throat> you know uh I don't know if you remember this, but before you, she played basketball for you, like mm -hmm. freshman year, I, I think after your JV season, I'm pretty sure I talked to Mafa about a club. And she's like, ah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think she said no. She basically said no and said, oh, I'm going to play JV basketball at Logan. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, think about it. But she ended up not playing because I know Max played a year before her. In club, In right? club, yeah, yeah, for UC Lee. I think she played... That must have been 15s, I think, because, yeah, I'm pretty sure Max played her freshman year. And then I remember I, I was probably talking to Andrew or somebody. And I was like, damn, what a waste. Like, you know, because I was like, <laughs> oh, like she wants to play basketball, but yeah. like she's so she could be so good, you know. And then I know the next uh, that's where the next summer summer camp Moffa was there, trained with us, made the summer, made the varsity team. Right. And then I think the next after your sophomore year is when Moffa was like, all right, like, I could actually be good at this or maybe that's when I feel like she kind of realized oh I should get serious about it and then she joined UC Lee 16s with Max that next year yeah. I think a decision that like helped me go through with that was the season we had for high school that was really when Logan was on a come up for volleyball we again and vows we blew through that season pretty pretty easily I would say like our competition wasn't as challenging as it was my freshman year watching the varsity team and then again experiencing playing against actual like competitive teams like one of them being Monta Vista that really opened my eyes because going in and playing that game I didn't expect to to kill it or or play as well as during season for MVALS because again that's a different level of competition and that team was stacked with D1 players, which we knew going into it. And that's something that was a little challenging for us because, again, we were undersized. We were the underdogs. No one really expected us to win against the teams that we have. Um, and that just comes with, with the chemistry that we had, the drive that we all had. Like, we all were a unit. No one was really out of system or not on the same page, which I think helped us and helped me see, like, if I'm not the only one that wants it and I'm on a team and and the staff there is having that same drive, wanting the same thing, like that's really what I want. And knowing that we're still going to have the same players because we were such a young team that I really wanted to get better so that our team could get better. So that's one thing that just kind of helped me is playing against better competition and getting better just from that. Yeah, I think yeah, that was, that Linda was senior year. yeah, Linda's yeah. senior year. Yeah, that team. So we like, were coming up. We were number one seed that year. Yep. We talked about that in the in the past episode with Linda. Mm -hmm. We were number one uh, seed, and yeah, Mafa was just a, a young version of herself. So yeah, and like, imagine all that experience she was exposed to from the start, and the fact that yeah, that there there was a lot of pressure, but I never felt like, at least when we were, we were coaching, like I never saw Mafa like fold or mm. like doubt herself like she still played with like that composure that c that confidence and sometimes we don't see that often you know but I feel like that's a big testament of like what Mafa brought to the team and what she carried on as she went into her junior and senior seasons so it's you know? like a coachability because Mafa never played club yet yeah but like and she was starting varsity we were number one seed playoffs 
went to the semis, went to NorCal's for the first time, and she never played club before. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Stace, you could talk about this too. It's like just coachability. Uh, I mean, obviously, Mafa has uh, God-given athleticism no, I was <laughs> and also power. Gonna, I was gonna add that her sophomore year, she got pulled up um, on the basketball side too for varsity, yeah. and that was the year I think we went the furthest in a while. So. Just that level of competition that she was seeing on both ends, you know, like it was really impressive. I think that was a year we, with the basketball team, we traveled to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a lot of seniors, like Linda's class, yeah. like they were just studs, you know, throughout almost all the sports at Logan. But, you know, I felt like that all prepared her to be a better leader as, yeah. as it came for junior and senior year yeah, i think um, moffa cut the learning curve pretty quick too mm-hmm. like um that's why coachability is so important because she didn't play club she hasn't played that much volleyball but how she's starting and being successful it's coachability and because i just remember moffa would just do whatever you say <laughs> to do you know what i mean yeah. like you know like no complaints if we're teaching yeah. her how to hit this she's just like okay you know and do it like yeah obviously the athleticism is a big factor but putting it to good use the athleticism and like being coachable is purely on the player you know like mm-hmm. what else did you have on your plate your sophomore year i think you mentioned track right yeah i was still very much committed to track other than basketball and volleyball i again started off as jv i was experienced just from middle school but i didn't really expect a big gap in competition or skills for track because it is a different level when you when you enter high school I'd say a lot of my athleticism comes from again like just naturally but also being in other sports like track and basketball I think that helps with agility and and other components when you're playing on the court I had a very I guess you could say successful season two in in track I was pulled up to varsity ended up racing in the four by one with seniors which was again very nerve-wracking this was your freshman year right yeah freshman going into uh, sophomore year but i would say like i enjoyed my time there and it made me realize again like you guys said just how much i have to step up not only with my talent but leadership and just taking in what i'm seeing from the older heads like the seniors and and knowing what to expect for the next seasons so yeah yeah, I think, you know, what people don't know is by the time junior year came, you actually made a decision to not continue with basketball. I don't remember about track, but then what was a part of that decision process? And I think you also almost, it was almost like you doubled down on volleyball. Yeah, so when I came down to my junior season, that's when I learned a lot more about recruiting and the time and commitment I needed to put into it if I wanted to go far in volleyball, which was a hard decision to make. Again, I made a lot of good relationships with not only the staff, but my teammates on both track and and basketball in high school and in club. Because again, I I was still active in in the Ninja League, the Asian League for basketball and even AAU back then, but I had to stop because again, talking with Matt and just other people who are who was thinking about going through the same process as I was. Like, again, I was leaning on Tati too because she knew more about volleyball, about recruiting, and very adamant about her future in it. 
But at that time, I, I didn't really take it as serious. I was still, again, going through the motions, enjoying my time as, as just a high school player. So just kind of having that guidance from them made me realize that I needed more commitment to volleyball. I, I couldn't, I guess, have it as a distraction to be in other sports because that would take away my time and commitment from volleyball. And volleyball is where I saw myself being successful in, in a matter of, of sports. And it was very hard because I also had to talk to my parents and family about it and see where their heads were at. But they were very supportive. I had a lot of support from friends and family. And again, with the staff, it wasn't really a hard goodbye, you could call it, from track and basketball because they were so supportive. Like, Stacy, you were supportive, and Harper, too. Like, when I talked to him and, and even Craddock, even though she really wanted to push for me to stay yeah, within to the stay sport. To stay with basketball. Yeah. <laughs> um, she saw at least that I had potential and that, that um, the route that I was going was actual, like an actual attainable goal. It wasn't something too far out of reach because I was already working on it and, and the potential and, I guess, desire that I had lined up with the route that I was going. Yeah. To put it in like a timeline perspective, uh, so because volleyball is fall, so Moffa's junior season, she, um, oh no, sorry, you played club, right? So we went through club, Moffa played 16s, went through club, and then... And I was doing track at the same you time. You were still doing other stuff, yeah. yeah. And then in... That was sophomore year. Yeah, right. but going yeah. into the next fall, which is her yeah, junior year. Yeah, her junior year. Before that season, her junior season was over. She got offered a D1 full ride to San Jose State. So, yeah. I mean, that probably kicked you off the, to qu- quit all the sports. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that obviously getting offered from a Division One. I, I mean, what other wake-up call is, like, this is serious. You know what I mean? So, I think uh, that's probably how things move fast for Mafa and the whole recruiting thing. And probably got, got her to start focusing on volleyball. I mean, you know full ride division one that doesn't happen and i think that like i tell i've told people this story like i think mafa's recruiting does not happen today anymore like you don't play one year of club and get f- offered a full ride and you're not even like 510 you know like <laughs> mafa's only 59 at the time 858 59 mm-hmm. and six foot sh- on a good day <laughs> yeah and i know i remember her first year of club with us she was a middle obviously because you know from logan but Mafa didn't even know how to serve. She didn't want to serve. I remember I would tell you to serve. She's like, no, I, I can't. I don't want to <laughs> serve. I'm like, you need to learn how to serve. I remember like I started making her pass because some games in club, I would switch it up and have her play outside and stuff like that. So it's not a surprise she ended up being an outside later because we kind of just like had her play middle and outside her, soft, her sophomore year. But, um, yeah, I think I, from my memory, because San Jose State was coming to a lot of our Logan games to watch Tati because mm-hmm. they were recruiting her. And then I think it was a home game. They came to watch a home game, and then I was talking to the head coach. And Was it when Cal High Sports were there? I think I remember. I don't know, probably, yeah. I forgot who we played, but. Washington. Yeah, yeah, Washington. And then I remember we're talking about Tati, and then I was like, what do you think of, like, my middle, like, number nine? And she was like. Oh, you know, like oh, like they like her athleticism, you know. And then they came to another game and another game, yeah. like t- two two more games. They came, they sent the 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 assistant coach, her husband, and then they sent the beach coach. That one guy, remember? Alex. Um, yeah, yeah. So they sent all their whole staff. Each of their staff each went to one of our home games to watch mm-hmm. Mafa, 
And then I think our season was either not even over or about to be over. And then she got offered. Yeah. She got offered a full ride already. And it's one of our last games. Yeah. And then we went to state that year, too. So, I mean, our season didn't end for so long. But, yeah, Martha, yeah that's unheard of now, you know. Why don't you talk about your junior year and as all that was happening? My junior year definitely opened up our eyes to, to see that this is real and that I should take it serious by committing to just one sport and and not having an off season because we're going into club after high school season. That really put things into perspective too because it's like I'm not doing all this to waste my time or money because club isn't cheap or with time and money. So just realizing the sacrifices that I had to make was very real. And the process was moving on pretty fast, especially because I was so not knowledgeable in that realm of recruiting that that I wasn't really active in it. And because the offer came so quick and to put it in simpler words, like simple because I didn't have to go out my way to do it. I, I, I again, I, I got lucky because I got looked at it didn't really click into me that hey there's other opportunities out there that i have to make my way out to go and reach and and get so when that opportunity first came i made a mistake actually and denied it because i thought hey i i have all this time i'm only a junior i have all this time to go look at other colleges and reach out to them and see what other opportunities are open to me and kind of explore that that field it, it was challenging. Um, after I denied it, I did continue to go to camps for other colleges. So like St. Mary's, for example, I went to their camp, uh, which is a p- private school. So that's a lot of money that they'd have to think about into giving a scholarship to me. And so I, it didn't really click into me how much of the process was, was actually fast. Like People start recruiting, even now, people start recruiting, colleges start recruiting from from middle school. Mm -hmm. Like, the recruiting process starts earlier than you think, and that's something that I wasn't really ready for or prepared for. I didn't know of that, so that opportunity came and went. But I got lucky again when I reached back out to them, when when I didn't really have any other opportunities um, or colleges reached out back to me. So I I went back to them. They were graceful and, and... and still offered me a scholarship and a spot on the roster, which was a blessing because, again, I was very late to the recruiting process. At that point in junior year, even though you still have two more years of, of high school, they're already looking at the next person. So that's something that you really have to think about is if, if they could find me, like there's someone else out there that, that they could find as easily too. And, and I didn't even have to reach out, but other people are trying to take my spot. So it's like, you really have to look into that and take advantage of opportunities like that when it comes to you. And especially if it's a coach coming out their way when they contacted you first, instead of you going out your way and, and, and reaching out to them and, and expressing any interest. So I, I got really lucky with that, but I would still say it was, it was very stressful, especially when I first denied it. Because then it's like, I had no other opportunities after that. I had to actually go out and reach out to other colleges and actually do my homework on what colleges I was looking for, what competition I wanted to be in. And I still wanted to be in D1, which is still incredibly hard to, to get recruited in, no matter what class you're in or how talented you are. Like, you're not going to get looked at 
unless you put yourself out there. Yeah. Do you think if you were better prepared before that first denial, as far as like if you had your research that you were contacting all these colleges and coaches that the decision would have been easier when you received that first offer? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I was going into that kind of blind. Like I only knew more of the superficial facts. I I didn't really know much about that program, much about the staff there. Yes, I went on a visit, but again, during visits, everyone wants to put on their best first impression. Like it's not as real as it would be going along in the season, during the season, or you know, you don't really get to experience the authenticity of it. It's more of the front that they put so that they could sell it to, to the new recruit, whoever it is. So I would say everything that from from that visit was really good. I enjoyed the environment, staff, and, and teammates, but it's very different once you're committed and actually on the team and experiencing the schedule that they have, the games, all the preparation. Yeah, I guess uh, we could like move forward and, you know, so after that denial, that was junior year, going into your senior season or even during club season, what was it like with the recruiting? Because I was still talking to San Jose, I already made the decision of committing. But when you make the decision, it's not finalized until you sign the NIL or yeah, NIL. NLI. Or NLI. Yeah, NLI. yeah, yeah, that. NLI, yeah, sorry. <laughs> National NIL is the um. It's the, the other one. Yeah. yeah, so NLI is the the actual. It Isn't it like National letter, National letter of Intent? Yeah. yeah. To that you're committing. Yeah, so it's not like I was thinking of decommitting or anything like that, but it was more of. In the back of my head, I I knew that I still had opportunities in club if there were other colleges watching at specific tournaments that I could still be like in their I guess you could say like their potential yeah. yeah potential roster I guess um, so yes I I verbally committed but I still had that in my head so that it could keep me motivated uh, keep me keep that drive in me so that way I wouldn't be comfortable, I guess, in in the way that I play and be settled with my potential. Like, I know what I was capable of and tried to prepare myself for the worst, right? Like, they could have not wanted me anymore at that point because I decommitted. But I I just kept trying to have a positive mindset and talk to my family, keep them in the loop. But junior year was was still a lot of pressure because it was cutting close to time like during that time is when you should be close to committing to a school and and again the nli was was due pretty soon so even though i was committed i i was i still kept that mindset of okay like i could still be looked at so i just kept working like moving on to um your senior year of high school so like your junior year right we go to state we you know our rec we were 40 and 5 when we finished the season losing the state championship going to your senior year we lose our our team mvp right tati and stuff and now and then you're switching to outside now for the first time in high school right so like how did you feel with the pressure and like 
because you know we had to follow up that next season doing so well mm-hmm. you're now the new big dog at logan and you're our kill leader captain um you're in a new position also there's a lot of expectation and like hype around our team because we just you know went to the state finals talk about like i guess your senior experience at logan once tati left i knew there was a big uh responsibility to take and you've already been talking about it to me previously during my junior year and just going along with the season we all expected and kind of knew that especially because she was our only senior but again she's made such an impact that that was a big part we were losing I think having support just from my teammates, again, not just from Max, but but Abby was a really good player too. Um, her and Ju being sisters, I think that helps with the connection and, and where they're at, mind, like with their mindset. I think everyone kind of knew the expectations and and knew that we had to hold up that same representation of our team and, and like achieving those high high goals of, of beating and winning better teams than, than those that were in our league. I think just having that support from them and, and you having previous talks kind of already put that in my head before going into the season. But then again, I always I always think that just being an older child, like I already have so much responsibility and so much expectation that it wasn't really much of a, I guess, like a, a burden or, or a pressure to, to myself. And I guess with the team that we had that year, we, we were all a bunch of trolls. Like having personality on the team definitely helps relieve some pressure, especially when it comes to games and, and how the season's going to look. But with that being said, like our personality, we didn't really let that take over our game. Like we knew the boundary, we knew the line. When it was time to, to be in game mode, like lock in, we knew not to joke around at certain times. But I think that also helped us just calm down a little bit and, and still – have that same drive and work ethic because we were so close and our chemistry and the people in the class were, were so close and and we were young I guess I think we all kind of just helped each other in a way that that whatever was going on on the court didn't really have to reflect our personality and and how we are as a person like it was two separate things that we knew how to mesh together I guess and and a lot of people say that you as a coach, you speak very monotone or like mm-hmm. you don't really show expression. <laughs> and and with that, like the players just have to make up for it. You know what I mean? Like we can't feed off your energy because at the end of the day, we're the ones that are playing on the court. So I think just having that polar opposite also kind of helps because it's not like you're goofy, we're goofy. And now we're all distracted. Like you're still your mindset is to win. So is ours. We're just a little goofy. <laughs> That's what I think it is, is just kind of separating of the seriousness with having something to be that stress reliever. Was that the year we didn't lose a set? Yeah, I think so. Your senior year? Mm-hmm. So. Because all the yeah. games were just two sets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To give but people perspective, like, in terms of destroying the league, back our NBAL league, yeah, I don't. we didn't lose a single set that whole year. Um, in NVL and even in the playoffs because we won NCS that year. I think we lost one set in playoff in the NCS playoffs against in the um, against Cal against Cal. Yeah, yeah. It was even the finals we swept the finals. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a good year. I but mean, you know, I think something we didn't bring up was 
the first tournament we went to, the D- Dave Moe's tournament, mm-hmm. I think that year we also did a lot of traveling. We went to Dave Moe's. Yeah. We went to, I think that was the first time we went to that tournament. We also went to Durango mm-hmm. for the first time. So, so we played ladder. We I played a lot of high level yeah. teams. Matter Day. Yeah. You know, I think Matter Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that the year we played? Iolani. Uh, Iolani, but how about Long Beach Poly? Did we play? That was. Oh, we did the play year. Long Beach yeah, Poly. I yeah, I forgot which tournament, but we did play some of these like top really com- well good so Almost teams. all the top schools in the nation we yeah. played. And the crazy part was, I think we kind of struggled at the Dave Moe's tournament. And, you know, we're coming off of that state run, and then we come back to SoCal. And I, th- I, don't, I don't remember what how we finished, but there were some games that we just didn't, didn't play, play well. well. And we lost to we, – we, we got a rematch against Mar- Santa Margarita, mm-hmm. who we lost to in the, fu- in the state final. So we got to play them again, and we lost. And I think part of it, too, sometimes players, when they face teams again, and they already have that mindset of – damn we're just gonna lose you know Mm -hmm. when and that energy kind of carries throughout the whole team when you should take the game as like oh we have nothing to lose and we just need to go out there and compete and see what the results come and I felt like that tournament the the level of competing the drive and stuff was very inconsistent so we had inconsistent efforts in the game and I think as a coach that just drove us crazy like if we would have played to our potential what what could we have accomplished right and then when we when i think that that was before we started all our mval games and when we came back for mval like we were ready to like just destroy you know yeah i think that um moffa's senior year i'm pretty sure our record was like 37 and 5 maybe something like that something like that yeah Yeah, maybe so we only lost we only lost 10 games in the last two years but what people don't know is that we had a lot of adversity that season also. And, you know, we were really, especially the core players on that team, really had to come together to carry our team to still be so successful that year. But, yeah, I feel like that season with the early adversity we had and drama and stuff that people don't know about, like, we really had to buckle down and, like, refocus, you know. And that year was – for me and the staff and I think for our core players we really it was really just us versus everybody else you know and it was really just our team like just our staff and the girls only like took us all the way and we we had you know we went far into the playoffs we we made the open division for the first time the state open division for CIF, which they only choose eight teams yeah. from north and south. So we were basically top 16 in the, in the state. Yeah, and, and like, you know, Moffa was a captain along with Max and um, Abby. So, like, like I said, it was really just us. And it speaks volume for, like, our captains and stuff like that. And, Moffa, you could talk about, I don't know, like, your experience during that time because yeah. it really was on just you guys, you know? Like Especially to try to keep the team together. Yeah, and going through all that, you know? Yeah. Again, our, our team had a lot of, uh, I guess we were really young. And for the young ones, they, they didn't really have as much experience or understood really what was going on. So it was hard to get them on the same page and to get them – to to listen to what we're saying 
to see the bigger picture actually so I guess like a lot of it was just us leaning on each other which was hard because again not everyone was on the same page um I don't know it, it was it was very challenging I would say but just being the people that we are again me Max and Abby like we're not so much alike that it kind of helps with managing the team I guess you could say like me I'm, I'm very stern but but I can be goofy at times where Max is very passive like she'll just do whatever and then again Abby Abby's the same way too but she has a lot of knowledge and a lot to say she just doesn't say it vocally um, so I think like us working together with with how we are helped the team but it, it was a slow process it, it was challenging and just being a senior and trying to get that through everyone's head because it again it, it's our last season like that's my fourth year that's our last season we wanted it to end well we wanted it to to end with with everyone being on the same page like being successful but a lot of it was just again like like Matt said just us trying to come together and and rely and lean on each other to to get through that people think you know i mean it's hard to win but to win again is even harder i think and that's why the 2018 season like probably other people looking and watching us it's like oh wow logan's so good like easy easy wins like i said we didn't lose a set right like but they don't realize all the work and focus behind and how how many team meetings and film. all the film and the extra stuff the girls did having to regroup multiple times not losing the goal in sight you know and i think also we had a good group of core players and they were easy to coach and we were you know they were used to me too like think about i've been coaching Mafa by then for already went through whole club season so i probably coached her for like year round already same with the other girls and so it's kind of like they also had a good chemistry like the core had good chemistry we could read each other's minds. We already knew what we we're trying to do. Obviously, our starters <clears throat> having a lot of experience going to the state finals, playing 45 games a year prior, I think also helped, you know. But also, we didn't have any selfish, like our star players on that team were not selfish. Like Mafa, mm-hmm. yeah, Mafa, you get like 20, 20 kills, but it's not like Mafa didn't act any type of way to anybody on the team. I don't think we really had any cocky players on that team, you know. It was just like, Literally, we'd, they'd mess around, go into the game, destroy the other team, and then, what you know, what's for dinner, you know? And <laughs> we knew how to have fun. We'd practice for three hours, four hours. Um, they never complained, right? They had good grades, mm-hmm. you know? I think it was just a good group of core players that kept it going and f- trusted our process that took us to that point already because we were so successful the year prior, you know? You know, when you say trust the process, like the other stuff that they had to do was, you know, sometimes they were at school from whatever time school Mm -hmm. started, right? And to almost like 12 hours because after school we would have study hall or lifting. um, Film. Film. And then then after practice practice, we would ice or recover. And then ice bath after. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'd be at school for like 13 hours. Yeah, but I also felt like if – that kind of helped prepare some of these girls to last through the whole season. You know, like, I I don't think we've had as many injuries. We didn't have any injuries. During that time, and especially with the varsity girls, like, this was something that we believed as coaches is going to benefit our players. And 
you know, we're just so happy that we had players like Mafa that trusted the process with that, you know? Yeah, uh, today there's more injuries or quote-unquote injuries with some of these players today, and I feel like they don't recover because it's not – I can't really say it's, oh, you play too much or because you're a starter or because you're the kill leader because Mafa, like I said, was kill leader – Right, uh, played every game. You didn't even sit out a game, never missed practice. But then, like, she was our strongest lifter in the weight room, recovered, didn't she on that, stretched. So it's like, look at the combination, you know. And today, we have kids complaining about injuries, and they, you know, how many, they don't even play that many games. Like, they play 20 games, maybe 25 games in a season. We were playing 45 games a season with no injuries, mm-hmm. but they took recovery seriously. That you know. reminds me, I think that was also the first time we had the massage gun with us at, mm. the, at all the tournaments. Oh, yeah. But then, like, it, and all the teams were looking at us like, what are you guys doing? And then I'm pretty sure now everybody has one. everyone has one you know, to help with the uh, recovery Theraguns or the Hypervolts and all that. But, you know, I thought it was just so funny because even the first model, the, that Theragun was so loud. But now, oh, you yeah. know, it got better. That's quiet. That's less quiet. But um, moving on, I guess, Mafa, if you were to look back on your high school career, what would you say is like either your top three favorite moments, or you could also share top three favorite teammates you've ever played for, played with? Top three moments. Well, I I do enjoy the, the car rides whenever we're traveling. Se. I remember, I think this was our first tournament when we went to SoCal. We got to school and the fire alarm was already on. By the time we got there, it was 5 a.m. And we were all just standing very lost in the parking lot because we were all waiting for vans to be loaded. Was that for state? No, this was like in the beginning of season. First day oh, of wait. school. First day, literally first day of school. We missed school. It was alarm. a SoCal, I think it was a Queens court or whatever. Because oh. that's no, the, oh, the it's one. It's not Queens. Oh. I think it was the preseason tournament. Yeah, something preseason. I think it was Dave Moe's. Yeah, fire alarm. Yeah, (laughs) and but anyways, in that ride though, we always have some good karaoke moments, and I could tell that Matt just doesn't want to hear our singing, but it makes me (laughs) laugh. So I just try to chime in and let everyone know, hey, sing louder. So moments like that where it's like, I know we get on Matt's nerves, but like, we get the job done. (laughs) You know, at least it kept me awake. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Or like when Joe would travel with us and we clown on him be trolls i just like moments when we could just be ourselves and they don't really complain about it because they know that we'll get the thing we'll get stuff done that's the thing you know how to play and play you know what i mean like (laughs) on and off the court (laughs) today the kids are messing around and then they get in the game they can't you know hit the ball or they can't pass the ball and then they wonder why we're mad you know what i mean like like i said as long as you do your job on the on the court i mean the coach how mad can we get you know what i mean like just a balance of, ha- of being uh, disciplined on and off the court and being able to have fun and then flipping the switch and doing your job. Like, they didn't do anything crazy. They just do what we do, play our system, follow the the game plan, and that's it, you know? No one, we didn't ask anyone, oh, Mava's not in the car right thinking I got to get 20 kills this next game. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, just do your job, do your role, you know, follow your role and then be successful. But, uh, so... Wait, what were your favorite moments? Okay. I think my other favorite moment, which is like kind of funny to me thinking about it now, because diet and like your the way you eat 
also goes with how you play. Like back when we were in season, we would eat all types of stuff and would still perform the way we we wanted to, the way we always have. Like at tournaments, uh, Cal, what was it? Cal Poly tournament. It was. Uh, yeah. Uh, what is it called? At the Cal slow? The moral yeah, slow one? that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. We would always have like buffet styled meals and like snacks between games between sets and we would eat everything and anything we wanted but still it wouldn't affect the way we played i think that's like one of my favorite things is when parents just bring all types of foods didn't even care what how heavy it was good potluck food yeah like even chow mein pizza stuff like that that should be heavy and weighing down on you but for some reason we still kept the same energy and and the same competitiveness nothing really changed from that no one had any like real bad stomach a- stomach aches or anything except the time when someone gave you cheese <laughs> you know <laughs> Mafa's lucky she yeah she could eat whatever so i didn't say anything back then i feel like but she was able to eat whatever yeah and, like had a and then get 20 kills i'm yeah. like i'm not gonna say anything because you're, you're getting yeah. 20 kills the next game so i'm like all right <laughs> Eat whatever you want, you know? Yeah, like whenever we'd go out, me and Max would <laughs> would get a meal separately and then have one for ourselves to share. I think that's just something that, that I always remember because you never really complained about it again. Everything that we did, you didn't really complain or question unless it affected the way we performed yep. or anything else on mm-hmm. the court. So that's like one of my favorite moments or whenever we're in like airbnbs just having those team bonding moments unintentional team bonding moments and you just vibing with the music we play even though i know you probably just think we're we're, we're a little ghetto or <laughs> ratchet imagine all the neighbors in the neighborhood <laughs> hearing our music yeah i think it's just fun having you see us express the way we we want to and you just not complaining about it or judging us and instead just making jokes Mm-hmm. Like just making us feel comfortable with us being who we are around you, and I think that's that's hard to do now, especially because like now people just think of competition and like everything's so serious. And to focus, you need to be serious. Like, yeah, I or see. The I see that too. Like, yeah. Or they or they only know how to mess around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't know how to take it serious. Let's say you know. Like there needs to be boundaries, and when you need to acknowledge and recognize that which I think players are struggling with now. It's that, like, coaches try to, to make them, let them feel comfortable and, and again, maybe, like, join in on the jokes, but then it gets too far where they can't focus or we have to take away that fun part. And it's, it's kind of hard because it's like, I, I want you to be yourself, but at the same time it's not working because you're not drawing that line between locking in at the right moments and joking around at the right moments. You know, Namafa also, like, say, back back then, they made lifting fun. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we made them lift, obviously, but then they made the process fun in a way. They had fun icing. Like, things that are not fun, actually, they made it fun, so they enjoyed it more. Yeah. Instead of dreading about it and complaining about it, like today's, you know, a lot of athletes today just complain about, oh, my God, I don't want to ice. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to lift cold. today. <laughs> oh, my back hurts, you know. Um, or whatever, and they never complained once. That's why they, they just did it. That's why they could mess around. They, they had a lot of fun, and we didn't complain because they're still lifting, mm-hmm. because they were still icing. They're doing what we needed them to do, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of that came with your trust, too, which, like, I think we appreciated you trusting that even though we're having fun and, like, goofing around, at least you know that and trust that we will perform the way you want us to the next day or even the day of. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it goes. We talked about this before, like having a good relationship and trust with your players. You know. Yeah, and the both coaches. ways. Mm-hmm. Also, the players trusting each other and holding each other accountable, and stuff like that. You know, um, which you know, so Mafa, top three teammates. Max, of course, that's my best friend. <laughs> like she'll have my back. I remember one time, not even one time. When I first got my hair dyed, this was my senior year, I had highlights in my hair, and I remember Matt, like, made up this nickname for me right when he saw me and called me Schmuckers, and everyone started laughing, and, and then <laughs> I looked at Max, and she started, like, look, gave me that look of, okay, we got to get him back, like, there's no way he just called you that. <laughs> oh just stuff gosh. like that where, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that where it was like, oh, yeah, you're going to call me out? I know Max is going to say something back for me. She's going to back me up, like, she just compliments me like compliments my personality competition like when we're on the court together it works very well like we play well together um give each other feedback things like that and i guess just being the same age around the same age and and our families being cool it made playing with her fun it made it a lot more fun and then i guess another teammate that i really like playing with is abby she's very humbled like she does not say anything really um she still shows leadership just just not vocally but I appreciate that she was, although she was very young, she understood what the goal was and what we need, what needed to be done, and she never complained. She she just does whatever we need her to, and <laughs> she even expressed some of her like personality moments, like with those triller dances whenever we'd call her out <laughs> <laughs> during practices oh gosh, or anything. Triller. <laughs> yeah. Before TikTok, it's just like players like that that, that you don't really <laughs> expect to have that side of them. Which I, I, I like that about Abby. And then um, another player that I like playing with, of course, Tati. Like, she was the person I looked up to, my competitor. Like, if, if anyone on the court was was a competitor in my eyes that I needed to beat out or, like, I needed to match the same energy, match the same stats, whatever it was. Like, I looked up to her. Um, and then just her knowing her through middle school helped our relationship, too. I, I just looked at her as more of, like, a big sister and just looked up to her as a player on on and off the court like who she is how she is and just like her demeanor how she holds herself wow yeah i would say you know and you think of memories like say mafa like her i look back at her your your high school time for sure i think a memorable game memorable game is that uh ncs finals monta vista we lost in five which could have won but Lost in five, and they were defending champ like three times in a row, champs or something. And Moffat got um, 22. twenty-two. Is it twenty-two? Twenty-two. Twenty-two kills in the middle, which doesn't. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know the last time I heard of a middle getting twenty-plus kills in a game. And I just remember. I yeah. didn't even know. I wasn't tracking until like you told me after, and I was surprised and excited because that same time that game. St. Mary's was also watching me, so they. Oh really? Yeah, and I didn't know that they they contacted me after. You were hitting twos. We had her hitting twos or everything, but I remember Montevista could not stop, like stop your twos and stuff. So we were just running with that. I mean, we fell short, but I mean that was a really crazy performance. Same with Max. Max had a great game that game. She led our team in blocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That helped us get to the fifth set, and then. You know, um, Tati and Abby's defense. Yeah, Tati brought us back with her serves. And we were d- I think I remember we were about to lose the fourth set, and then Tati came, went to the service line and aced them like 
two, three times in a row, and then they won, mm-hmm. and then they went mm-hmm. to five. That's a good game. And then probably just it's a blur. It's a blur now. But when when we when we talk about destroying the league, like it's an exact. I think people can't really imagine what we're talking about with Mafa destroying the league. Unless you actually watched us back then, you know? Yeah. Like, kids were ducking, right? I remember <laughs> there were kids from the other schools. They they would not even play defense. They'd just step back and see Try the ball hit their feet. to get hit by the ball, yeah, too, right? <laughs> or you hit a couple people in the face, a couple, couple of us in the face, like a teammate, or your own teammates. <laughs> when Lana came back from Disneyland. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, we had this practice. You got to play defense. That's we all. were preparing for, like, a big match or, or somewhere where we had to travel, maybe. But it, but it was something important, and Lana missed it, but she made it in time back from Disneyland to practice because our practice was late. And she joined in literally like five minutes into the drill. I smacked the ball and it hit her, and she started leaking on her white shirt. She was I bleeding. Remember. I remember her bleeding. No, down. she was. She was because you sent. You actually sent me to go look for a shirt. You're like, Chase, can you go look for oh another shirt for Lana? Because she got. I think she had blood all over her shirt too. And this is when I barely knew Lana. And like, she's a the, freshman. Yeah, yeah, in the locker room. I think we were getting ready. I feel so bad. And I remember, like, I was in the locker room, and it was just so awkward because I was like, uh, are you okay? And yeah, she you was just play defense. bleeding, you know? <laughs> Watch out. But, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny you brought Small that moments up. like that. That makes me laugh. But, yeah, man. That's why I think League was a joke because of Mafa, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, it's our overall team's preparation. Obviously, he's not just uh, one player. But, yeah, it's an understatement when we say destroy the league because literally all, if I like, – close my eyes all i remember is just like boom 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 you know <laughs> and what i mean? think it also like coincides with the way you practice right like the competitiveness in practice it was more transfers than, over than to league. yeah our, our scrimmages in practice are more competitive than league mm-hmm. yeah and uh it's because yeah, well sometimes obviously a lot of times me and andrew had to play but to keep it competitive but <clears throat> like the fire the competitive you know it, it was in practice, so then in the game, it was just they, they were actually having fun in the game. I think mm-hmm. what made it fun, too, with that is that when you guys would join, <laughs> it made it more fun because we would trash talk. Like, yeah. But when we trash talk, we could back it up. That's the thing. Like, I think now like players are just so scared to trash talk because they're not. Take it personal. Yeah, or, or they're thinking of themselves uh, as like. Oh, like I must suck. I must suck them. They like they're no not. Confidence. They don't have that drive. The yeah. same drive and efforts as as I seen went back in like when I used to play, uh, or with the team that I used to be on. Like we used to just get on each other, and it wasn't anything of uh, personal again or anything like oh I'm I'm just trying to be bossy. Like we're just trying to hold each other up to that standard. Mm-hmm. I do want to ask, like you know, you got a you had a, one of your sisters play on the team with you. <laughs> What was that experience like for you? Honestly, it made it really fun because, like, the players on the team know how we are, like, as siblings. They know that we bicker. They know that we make fun of each other, give each other, like, insults, comments here and there. So, like, when we play, it is personal. Like, we look to hit each other. We look to block each other. We look to, like, get on each other and, like, oh, my God, you just messed up a free ball. Like, you must suck. But then it's, like, never really personal to the point where – it's taken as soft like we, we don't get too butthurt about it we try to back it up or make it better like oh yeah watch this mm-hmm. you know it was it was actually really fun because then like 
our teammates would get in on get in on it and like two sides are like back up for one and not the other but it was again never personal everything was just all fun and and business like it, it's for a reason like you could see past past what's really going on like we're just trying to help each other so Mafa, we know with our teams at logan our successful teams why do you think they were successful uh for not having anybody over 510 and you being the only division one player on that on those teams i think we understood the pieces that we had we knew that we had to work with what we were given i guess you could say like yeah we weren't the tallest but you can't say we weren't scrappy or that you know we didn't make up for the lack of height with smart plays or ways to score that probably isn't in our advantage with our height right a lot of times when we play bigger teams like like Monta Vista they don't expect our defense to be as good or they expect it to match our lack in, in offense maybe so I think going into games and in practices we work a lot on just trying to work with what we have like we're not trying to do too much because we know what, what we have like we know that our tallest player which at the time was me was not going to reach and block every single taller player right so we had to coincide and, and work with that with our defense and again when ruby was front row she was not touching any ball on blocks so a lot of times back when I was a middle, I would have to take that whole line and our defense would shift. So just trying to adjust in ways that didn't probably work for us where we were lacking in skill. So I think recognizing and knowing what we have and trying to work with that instead of doing too much to, to overcompensate for that kind of worked with us. And we just all knew that, like all of us were on the same page and tried to work around it yeah for sure and i think it's our defense too like yeah. you said and the system following the game plan and people were not afraid to mm-hmm. um you know try different things a different strategy uh also the chemistry i think chemistry is underrated with our team mm-hmm. the players chemistry on the court makes up for like being small and we played super fast like we tried to run a fast offense uh, because we were small, you know, mm-hmm. so. I think what helped that year with the chemistry, I, I remember we would do, like, team bonding. Yeah, I was going to say that team year. Team building activities, We did a too. lot. And I think we actually emphasized it more, and it it helped in the, in our runs for your junior and senior year. Yeah, definitely. And, like, what I liked, too, was the players bought into that. You know, now when we tell the kids, oh, yeah, let's do, do some team bonding, and they don't the effort they don't make that investment you know it's like they don't know how to make things fun Mm -hmm. like they don't know how to make it more interesting so that they could be more compelled in doing it like i remember it was probably during our last hour of practice or maybe before you had us make like different clips for the music level up by sierra (laughs) and we were running around campus because we thought it was fun like even though we didn't really know the purpose of it or we didn't know what the goal was with doing that activity we bought into it and we made it the best experience that we could like it wasn't anything like what matt said earlier it wasn't anything dreadful because we made it fun it's all really like in the player's control like right if they want something to be fun then they have to make it that way it's it, the coach is only going to give you the platform you got to take it and run with it yeah wow 
That's very that's what, insightful. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. I guess as you know, your Logan seasons were uh, wrapping up, and you're getting ready. I think I remember she signed her NLI during our banquet. Yeah, it was like towards November, December, September, I maybe. December. I think December because yeah, um, before had, Christmas break. Yeah, we had the the end of season banquet, mm-hmm. and then that's like, when I announced it. That's where yeah, you announced it. Not I, th- I don't think everybody knew, and no. everyone was so excited for you. And I think even like the JV players, they were just like you know, looking forward to it, you know, the parents were so supportive, and as you were finishing out your senior year and transitioning into college, what was that preparation like for you? I think first, just taking care of what's going on with high school, like making sure that my grades are good, that I'm graduating, I'm getting all the requirements done, Um, and then again, talking with my family, friends, and seeing where their headspace sag, any advice that they could give me, especially being the first child. Like, my parents don't have experience in, in preparation. They don't know what I'm getting into. Like, this is just as much as their first experience as mine. So just trying to reach out and, and support f- with other people or teammates. That's the year that I moved to Acceleration. So, again, like with that program, a lot of their players moved on to play in college. So I kind of just use them as guidance to talk to them like, hey, uh, what should I expect? What should I prepare for when I go there? And it's not just classes like it's it's the whole experience, right? With time management and committing to the schedule that they give you and you have to work around that. A lot of it goes with like weight training or separating different times of the day to commit to whatever activity it is for just that volleyball program. Like, again, weight training, recovery time, practice, those are all separate time frames that you have to commit your your own schedule to. So just asking, again, just asking around other people who have more experience in recruiting, in going to college, who've experienced that. Because, again, I, I didn't really know anything. So I just had to rely on other people's thoughts, advices. I remember before you moved in at San Jose, I think me, you, and Max went out but I also didn't realize how soon you were you were leaving because you had to report when it was like July, right? Yeah, so it's not even in August. It's I I only have like a month of actual free summer until I move in and and commit to whatever they set me up for. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Like, what was your typical schedule right before the school year started and during? And what was that time period called? Um. So. I was actually enrolled in in something like the bridge program where Mm -hmm. they try to have our student athletes graduate on time or even before that earlier so they make us take communications and like ge classes two to three during the summer so that way you don't have to worry about it when fall and spring comes to register for classes Um, so they want to make sure that you're on track and meeting with counselors academic advisors beforehand so that they could schedule how your classes are going to look like, what your career path is going to look like based on your major or the courses that you pick. And moving in was such a new experience because I've never moved out before. I've uh, The closest thing is probably sleeping over at my cousin's house <laughs> for a week and never coming home till after that. Yeah. Um, so and, and just like moving in with other college like grown people. It was a new experience and and something that I I really wasn't nervous about. I was more excited because, again, like, I'm the oldest child. I get to experience this first. Like, I was just excited to 
to go back home whenever that time was and tell them about it like hey oh you wouldn't believe this or i've seen this this is what's going on here and when, when i moved in there were teammates and other athletes that were actually helping out because we weren't the only sport that was moving in like again this is outside just volleyball there was football there soccer basketball and just going into a, a d1 college the schedule is very demanding so i only had maybe three four days to get comfortable to settle in and then it's it's a startup like I, I have to go to classes i have to first get my physical done so that was that wasn't as um time consuming as I, as I thought it was, but, but getting stuff requirements done beforehand. So that way I was able to, or le eligible to practice and, and take classes, preparations in that and, uh, getting to know the campus, like walking around, knowing what classes I'm going to take and where it is. So I don't end up looking like that lost freshman <laughs> <laughs> running around the hallways with a big backpack on. Right. And, uh, getting my books in early talking with trainers. So they know my background, know my background history on injuries or things like that so that way they know what to look out for when it comes to practices or any signs of of my body failing whatever it is it was really fun because when i moved in we stayed in dorms that were co-ed so we got to meet a lot of other athletes student athletes from different sports that i normally don't make friends from right like gymnastics we don't Logan does not have a gymnastics team. We don't really promote that, so it was cool just to see. And there was a lot of international kids, too. i never been exposed to other cultures like that. Mm -hmm. And I had my own teammates at San Jose State who were from Australia, Germany, Brazil, a lot of Brazilians. They like to recruit from Brazil, which I didn't know. I, I thought, like, when I was going into college, a lot of students were from America, like, within mm -hmm. states away, not a whole country away. That was a new experience that I really enjoyed because, again, I, I got to explore different cultures and see the way that they are accustomed to things and see how we as a team adopted to that. Like, for example, when there's a birthday, our team likes to sing happy birthday in the different languages of the people that are on the team. So, like, in German, in Brazilian, like, we used to sing in all those different languages, even though I didn't really know what I was saying. It was really fun. Yeah, like, I was just like, uh, this sounds a little longer than the happy birthday version. I wonder yeah. what else I'm saying. Like, God bless you. or you know. Yeah. Uh, so it was really cool just exploring things like that and seeing the facility itself. Like, the locker room is way different from high school. Mm -hmm. Very advanced. Like, showers are in there. You have your own literal locker space that's like a closet. And sharing that space and with other teammates and getting comfortable with them was something new that I had to get used to because again those are the people that I see every single day and that's before class after class or during a match on the weekends like it just goes on and on so I would say definitely when I first moved in it was an exciting experience I, I learned a lot quick because a lot happens within those that first week alone mm -hmm. you, you meet a lot of new people you see a lot of things you're introduced to to a lot of things like i was just very eager to get started with college nice so take us through a, a regular day at division one school like you know with practice and everything and then yeah give us um uh, i guess a uh, how it's like traveling or 
on a travel trip or something. So I went, when I went to the San Jose State, weights was before practice. So we would have weights at 7 a.m. And it was at a different facility from where the dorms were because as a freshman, you had to live in the dorms um, just so you could get accustomed to the college life and know where everything is. And so we would wake up even earlier just to all get in a car, like find a ride, whether that's with the teammates, the class that you came in with, like all the freshmen, if you guys had that car, figure out the riding, the ride and plans or wait to get picked up from another teammate. So just in preparation, probably wake up at like 6.15 a.m., get ready, wait, go make your way there. Had to be there like 10 to 15 minutes earlier. So again, waking up really early. So that means that you would have to make sure that your sleep was good and that you had enough sleep. So your schedule had to be compact and like on a regular basis, same routine. So that way it wouldn't mess up anything for the next day because it's, it's the same thing you're doing. And so after weights, I would have a gap where I'd have to go to class and then practice would be like from 12 to, to 3, 12 to 2.30, two, two to three hours. Uh, so that way it doesn't go over like care hours, which are hours of the NCAA that they make as a requirement so they don't overwork us as student athletes. And then after practice, we would recover. That was mandatory. Like after practice, either go ice, stretch, roll out, whatever it was. Because again, you're, it's more intense. Practices are more intense. They're supposed to mimic like the intensity of the game, if not harder. So like in high school, that, that is nothing compared to what practices are like in college. And especially with coaches, how they are. They're not gonna be super nice on you. Like same expectations for everyone. If someone's doing this, you better do it just as hard or harder. Like there's no alleviation for anyone um, unless I guess if you're injured, then that would be the only um, excuse. But other than that, everyone's held to the same standard. So like after practices, recovery, after that, maybe go to the DC and grab some food because with that schedule, you have to find time on your own to eat. Like that's really important. Just finding time to eat. That way you're refueled for class or practice, whatever it was on, on your next schedule. And then we would usually do team bonding. This is in the beginning of season. So that way we could reconnect get that chemistry going because again a lot more recruits are are brought in there's going to be a fresh new roster right like five new bodies um so doing team bonding and and eating together for dinner things like that going to each other's houses um and then the night would just be for our our time like our free time usually the volleyball schedule is very demanding during the morning and into like mid even like beginning of the evening maybe so the only time I really have free time is is towards the end. Oh, and I I can't forget study hall. That's another thing with school, right? You're not there just to play volleyball. You're there to be a student. So they fit that into our schedule too. With study hall, freshmen are required to have maybe like six to six hours of study hall throughout the week. So you have to break that down and find time to do that, or they make a schedule for you. But you still have to commit to that and make sure your hours are done and that you're doing everything that they're asking for. Wow. Yeah, That's so like I would load. I would have to sleep by like 9, 10 if I want good rest, like good recovery rest. I need to wake up with with a calm like not so heavy sore body. What about a travel? So, what's the farthest you guys went like Hawaii? Or where um, did you guys travel to? That was like a long trip. New, uh, New York. New, we didn't really go to Hawaii. New York probably. So, talk about like how how traveling with the D1 is. Um uh, 
early mornings when we travel we like to get the early flights so that way if things get delayed we're not too behind schedule because again there's an itinerary a schedule we have to follow even when traveling everything is very managed by time so whatever we're doing we have to go with the itinerary if it's 10 o'clock and it says we have to eat breakfast we have to eat breakfast at that time it's, it's hard to to adjust and change that schedule because again like it's prepared before and there are maybe like 12 girls on the roster that they have to to keep on the same schedule and we wake up in the morning the night before we have to make sure that we have everything packed whatever it's on the list whether it's like knee pads for spandex whatever it is because when we travel we're not traveling just to play we travel and practice before we play so we get used to the environment that we're playing in so we have to pack multiple spandex for example socks travel shoes uh game shoes all the gear that we have distributed to us we have to have in our in our um bags and luggage uh again to represent but also to use in practices um and we stick to once we get to the airport we also do film sometimes we do film at the airport sometimes we do it at the hotel it's just whatever is more convenient for the time so we have time waiting at the airport while we wait we we do film there um get off go check in go get lunch or what depending on what time get food go back to the hotel and rest for a little bit and then we have to have a team dinner after then discuss preparations for tomorrow but everything's based on the itinerary and again it's it's still demanding whether you're traveling or not and when we travel we try to travel the day before competition and try to get there the day before competition to practice again and then when we come back try to come back either sunday if if the game was on saturday for example to come back the day after um so that way we're not really rushed and we don't feel as rested if we try to come back the same day. Wow. Yeah. And you got to play a whole game. You know? yeah. 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 And the games, like, they're not timed either. So it, it's just like go Three, with the flow sets, right after yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking back at your D1 experience, what would you say are were some struggles that you faced? I think just coming in as a freshman, you have to come with that mindset of, of everyone's going for that same position you you have to keep working and be consistent at it and because once you get that spot it's it's not enough you have to attain it you have to maintain that that spot um so just trying to and finding that motivation and keeping it throughout the whole season because again just coming in as a freshman it's already hard you don't have a starting spot you don't like you have to earn everything and and so just trying to adjust to that schedule too just time management learning how to manage your time because again during freshman year you're probably not going to have a lot of social time because you're you're staying focused you're trying to just do the right things and not get into trouble so just trying to stay in that that right mindset and and being consistent i'd say was very challenging and even though i wasn't super far from home because going to san jose state that's probably like 30 minute drive back home it's it's still local but because our schedule is so demanding, like there's still times where, you, where I get homesick or like I mm-hmm. feel left out because they're doing something without me when I could have been doing it if I wasn't so committed to the schedule we have now. Or like if I didn't have to go to this banquet or whatever it is that we have to do as a team. So what are some you know, things to look out for if you're an incoming freshman, I guess, into a D1 or a transfer? like a juco or something 
what are some things to watch out for? Like, I don't think obviously division was not a walk in the park, but what are some ki- things that kids should look out for? Because if they don't, it might like mess them up and like get caught off guard, you know? Big thing is just like the crowd you hang out with, making sure that it doesn't distract you or get you into any trouble on or off the court. And this goes along with, with staff to just seeing and knowing who they are as people and not just as coaches, because that's also a separation of who they are and knowing like or realizing and trusting their intentions sometimes people get confused or or they're even right about what their coach's intentions are it's not the same as when they recruited them so they just i one advice i would give is is just to to be how would i say do your research like know what you're getting into it's it's not just what's shown on the first thing that pops up on internet right you have to like actually do your research on on the roster for example the girls may seem cool on that visit when you go but who are they really when you're playing with them or when you're off and and who they are as a person that could kind of be mixed up from their initial visit because again everything is first impression no one wants to give a bad first impression so whatever impression they give you is probably not what it's going to be like when season comes or during during that time period of your college experience and again uh, another big thing is is just time management knowing how to manage that and finding uh time for yourself even to give you that mental break because college is hard it's it's not just volleyball or whatever sport that you're committed to it's school too finding a way to balance those two and finding ways to just again have time to yourself to to get in that right right mind space yeah yeah that's some good tips i think yeah yeah because players you know and parents today if they're going through this process i i feel like obviously the goal is to get into college and they want to play and it's the dream but then they don't realize like it's not a walk in the park and all D1 programs or any college program, they're not all the same. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, you know, because they see Texas, these great coaches, use, you know, um, Stanford or something, right? They think, like, all D1 is the same D1. You can have a great coach and a great program, and, like, it's successful and stuff, but it's really not, you know. That's why you have to really pick, you know, what, f- what school fits you educationally and, you know, um, program-wise, right, culture-wise. And yeah, I think athletes today they want to play Division One, but then they don't know what Division One is even like. Like Almafa just said, six a.m., seven a.m. Like practices. I mean, lifting practices, right? Balancing all that. So definitely, they need to look into all that. And like, is this for you, right? Like, have you had teammates that like did not last because yeah. of the regimen? Of- I was even one of them. I left San Jose, <laughs> 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 but prior to that, there have been people that have left and i never really questioned it because i I thought it was their own personal reasons or it really wasn't my business but like the more the longer i stayed in season in college the more experience i gained and the more insight i've seen um so i kind of understood what their decision was for and probably why they did it but going into east bay too there's been numerous people that have left and I could kind of see more of the reasoning why they left and and be I guess you could say kind of more nosy in in seeing what they're trying to see or seeing the reason that they left but there have been a a lot of my teammates that I played with that 
that did leave and part of why i left too again is what you were saying earlier the program and like the coach is not what i expected or well, it's been switched your coach your original coach that signed you left right so yeah she left right in christmas break on text so that was even worse for me um it didn't make me feel any more comfort or any validation in me just staying even longer because again that's that's the woman who recruited me mm -hmm. so it's hard to put my trust in someone else who has not seen me play who has not talked to me so that's very challenging no he's not even the coach right now anymore they have a new no coach now. he left oh. LMU. <laughs> lmu lmu okay yeah so you know see it's hard to find loyalty too yeah players don't like oh i love this coach i want to play for this mm -hmm. coach in this college well like is that coach going to be here that much longer you know what's their mm -hmm. win record uh you know, what's the turnover rate at that school? How long has that coach been there? Like, it's probably more safer if the coach has been there for, like, years and they're yeah. a veteran or something. They, they've had success. They won a couple championships. Okay, they're probably not going to get fired. But, yeah, I think sometimes people, oh, they're a college coach. Yeah. Well, that could be their first time coaching college or that could be a coach that bounces around all the time and you're making a life choice to move there or go there and that coach might not even be there anymore. You know what I mean? I think another thing that's good to to keep in mind too is is to ask around for the other recruits that are possibly going there to see how they feel see where their heads at and if they've heard anything from the other teammates that are already on the roster that they probably didn't tell them so just like connecting with them too so so you and them are on the same page like did you really feel that way or or was it off was something off when you went you know just stuff like that because everyone's college experience visit their first visit is different. Like, no one's visit is the same. You know, there's this, uh, dang, I don't, I don't remember if Linda told me this or, so you guys know who Jenna Gabriel is from? Heard of her. Texas. She used to be the starting setter for Texas and now she's at UNLV. Wait, Jenna like who? Jenna Gabriel, the setter from Texas. Okay, so anyway, so this girl, she's, when Texas was like one of the best, I think they either lost in the championship. I mean, they just won this year, but like mm -hmm. maybe two years ago. They had another setter, starting setter, and they were good too. I think they were Final Four, probably won a championship. And she transferred, or she actually left, like retired, but then I think she ended up transferring to UNLV. Originally, I think she said it was mental health or something. But someone, dang, I forgot who, how I heard this, but someone told me because they knew someone who talked to her or saw her somewhere, and they asked her, like, why'd you leave Texas, right? Because it's Texas. And then she was saying that, like, they have, like, some toxic, culture mm -hmm. i don't know if it was the players like mm -hmm. something was toxic or something and then i think she left because of mental health but she was saying that she got out of there because of you know and who knows like right? there's i mean they just won the national championship and they have new players too so like could have been players or i mean they have a you know a long time coach there but yeah i think uh for example like if you're going to texas oh it was nelly actually never mind nelly was she knew someone she was telling me who talked to her and got heard about that you know but for example if you're going to texas now you know someone who transferred out is someone that you could talk to because like mm -hmm. why'd you leave mm -hmm. right to just to, just to get, do your due diligence and yeah. research about the school and stuff like that because if you know of those numerous players that say they have a problem with this certain coach at that school i mean is it really just one person's problem then if it's multiple people having that issue and it's like it could be a high chance that if you go there you might end up having the same problems or similar issues you know mm -hmm. but yeah that, that's why it goes straight into what Mafa said in the earlier in the episode doing your research 
into these schools. Don't just like, I want to play college. So I'm going to play anywhere. Like sometimes people forget you have to live there. You have mm-hmm. to move there. Your life is there for like four plus years or whatever. And you have to really make sure it's a good fit, you know. And with school too. I mean, you're not going to. Many of us are not going to be a professional volleyball player, you know, like down the road. So it's yeah, kids can't forget about the education side of things, you know. Yeah. So Mafa, when your coach ended up leaving uh, San Jose, like what was going through your head and how did you end up at East Bay? Um, when she left, I didn't really know how to react to it. I just knew that I was kind of mad um, because, again, she was a woman who recruited me and now she's gone. But she didn't say that in person. It was more in a text. So there was a really uh, a formal like goodbye, trying to get her reasoning or getting like a one-on-one with her just to see why she left or why was this such a sudden decision. decision. Yeah. Or if it was, if she just had it in her head, just didn't want to tell us. But as a freshman, like I'm obviously going to feel some type of way. I reached out to to the older girls which were the brazilian brazilians and and again the coach that left her and her husband were very heavy on recruiting internationals so i wanted to talk to them and like see if if because they've been there longer than i have so i know they have more experience in seeing their tendencies and where their heads at so i i wanted to ask them what happened and they couldn't really tell me much and, and most of it was just opinion anyways, but it, it definitely didn't make me feel any more comfortable with whoever the new coach is coming in. Because again, I she was the only one that, that seen how I played and seen me actually play in high school and in college. So I didn't really have any confidence in, in staying in the program and, and staying loyal to it because they didn't stay loyal to me. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, to moving on now, like obviously you're wrapping up your college career soon and all that, but you're you've been coaching for the last couple of years. <coughs> um, like, what's your coaching philosophy, or like, how do you approach coaching now since you have experience at different levels? You've had numerous coaches and 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 whatnot. So, like, how do you how does that affect you now that you're a coach? Um, I I try to have or give the girls a fun experience like yes I'm, I'm still very competitive and I want to win every single game even though that's not possible I still want that to be a goal I want us to to be scary like that scary opponent that no one really wants to play against but with that like again when I played for you I still showed personality like I want them to show who they are express the way they are maybe off the court and bring it into practice or in a game but again with that like I still want them to have that mindset of like you still got to be focused like i'm not one to turn down who you are but if it's not working with with the way you should be on the court like i'm gonna say something about it right i i my coaching philosophy is is i want them to be the best p- possible player that they can be but not change the way they are and it, it's kind of hard now seeing it from a coaching perspective because again it's in their control and no matter what you say or how you influence it, it, it's still in their control, whether or not to compete to the highest capability that they can while having fun. And so it's kind of hard to, to mesh those two instead of separate it. 
but I still want to focus on again getting the best efforts, making them the best player that th- that I see that they can, and using the best using them at the best way I can with the skill set that they have or that they probably still have room to explore. Um, so based on my experience, I I just want them to have again like a good fun experience, but still be in an environment where they could get better by by staying competitive and staying focused. You know, now that, you know, you're a little older, obviously you're still a young coach, but people don't realize uh, that you've always been kind of like another coach on the team because you've always been a captain. Um, You've always been someone to give feedback to teammates and stuff like that. Like now, you know, because you're coaching, you know, um, do you feel like you understand players better now because you've been on both sides, I guess, and like have gone through a lot of experiences I think what it helped me understand is how to approach things because like before like I knew when to recognize or when I did recognize like problems or things that should be discussed but I never really knew how to approach it or approach other players but now like seeing it from the other side I kind of have more of a professional insight on it instead of just like teammate to teammate like I it's still a teammate to teammate but more in in instead of like a sympathetic way like just upright like tell them how it is the way it is Um, so that was just something that I learned is just how to approach players and and like the way that I do instead of just seeing it and recognizing it like actually be active in in the way that I do help give feedback or whatever it is so like the last thing I want to bring up is so you know you've had a successful career high school college right you're still playing and then you're coaching now but along the way, you've you've also, you know, gone through a lot of ups and downs and you've learned from mistakes and gone through experiences. But I feel like from my observation, obviously, as your coach before and, you know, now even now watching you in college, I feel like you've always been someone to like you've made mistakes, but you, you're definitely someone that learns from your mistakes and evolves i guess after each mistake because even since you were in high school you know like you weren't a perfect player maybe on the stat sheet maybe to other people watching you you know but no one's perfect you know no player is perfect no coach is perfect yeah so like now that you you know what wha- i mean sorry my question is why do you or how do you think you always bounce back from mistakes how do you handle mistakes how do you improve yourself and, and evolve after you've gone through ups and downs or mistakes a lot of it is just self-reflect like sometimes I see that like, when players come with conflict, they probably just react right away and don't think of it afterwards. But sometimes I do react, but I think about it in, in the long run. It's, it's not just temporary consequence. It's going to affect you in the future and probably carry along if you don't get it resolved quick or, again, learn from it. And just having that experience, like I keep going back to being the oldest, but that really like characterized the way I am and like the way I hold myself and how I view things because I've had so much responsibility with my younger siblings and even like cousins or distant families that that I have been in times where I've been in trouble or made mistakes and have learned the hard way that if I don't deal with it it's, it's gonna bite me back mm-hmm. yeah, like, so like for me my mindset like towards mistakes in general like i tell the players just like in the in the game like you can't go back in time 
you can't undo it can't go back to that last point can't and we all could play the regret and should have could have and i try to tell players today it's like you have to move forward and then just try to learn and be better like what's your opinion on like you know mistakes or people messing up or players messing up or even us as coaches we mess up too but what's your mindset on that like um i always think like everyone always makes a mistake but if you could better it or somehow bounce back and make that overpower your mistakes so they're not looking back at it then that's better like i always think when you're coming back from a mistake make that situation better so they could forget the mistake it's not like you're forgetting it yourself you're just reflecting on it and moving past it and i always think of it like when setters probably set maybe like an out of system ball or or a ball that's not in its location its set location like we always tell players to better the ball and that's what i think of when i think of mistakes is like you just have to better it yeah definitely yeah i think that's really good insight on just like a player's perspective and like now a coaching perspective to be able to pass that especially to the teams that you're coaching the players yeah yeah i mean i think um yeah mafa has a lot of experience obviously we've gone through a lot of things and now it's about that's why you're able to help the next generation and mm-hmm. Mafa's helping her teammates now because she has young teammates in college and you know there's a reason why east bay looks at her as a captain and a leader on that team also and and whatnot so yeah um i think we're gonna wrap up this episode with Mafa, but Mafa will be back because she has a lot of other um experience and stories to tell um in other aspects of the game mm-hmm. so Thank you, Mava, for being on this episode. Uh, hopefully this episode was insightful. Make sure to follow, subscribe. We made a new Instagram account for the podcast. Make sure to follow that. Make sure to rate us on Spotify and Apple Music. And we'll see you guys in the, with the, the next episode. All right. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me.